Hey everybody, welcome into this week's First Baptist Big Spring Podcast. Today's sermon is from Pastor Mark Lindsay from April the 3rd. The text is Matthew chapter 20, 29 through 34, and the title of the sermon is Lord, I Want to See. Hope you enjoy this message. I was sitting here thinking of the significance of our gathering this morning and thinking of those gathering in other churches in our city to sing praises to the Father, to seek Him in His Word, and to worship. I began thinking of those in churches across our state and across our nation and even across the world who have gathered in various places simply to focus upon worship and loving God. Friends, please understand you and I are a small part of a bigger whole of the church of Jesus Christ. And it encourages me to know that when we join our hearts and minds together in worship, that the church as a whole begins to lift up the glory of God around this world. So I'm glad to be with you. After having spent this past week in San Antonio, New Braunfels, and uh, uh, helping care for Uh, Sherry's father and uh, his wife who's still hospitalized Um, I never felt apart from you and from the people of faith and the people of God in the midst of all that and so I thank you for your prayers and your continued support as well Mark chapter Matthew chapter 20 Matthew chapter 20, verses 29 through 34. We're making our way through this 20th chapter of Matthew's gospel as we are walking the road to the cross. Now, next Sunday, we will enter into the next step. That is Palm Sunday. The day Jesus entered into Jerusalem to willingly offer himself upon the cross of Calvary. This road to the cross, we've experienced many things already. We experienced Jesus gathering his disciples together and saying to them, he was headed to Jerusalem to be mocked and to be beaten and to be crucified. And then he encounters two of his own, James and John, as they are more concerned about themselves and their place in the kingdom than they are concerned about what Jesus is about to experience. So there might be the kingdom of God. And you recall Jesus says to them, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And now as we come to the 29th verse of this 20th chapter, We watch as Jesus serves, as he encounters these two men who are blind. 
two guys in need of help. And these two guys come to an understanding and realization which I think many of us need to get to in our own lives. They come to understand their only hope is found in Jesus Christ. Friends, whether it is our personal lives or our lives within our families, our workplace, or even in our nation, our world, we need to come to this point where we know our only hope is in Jesus. Let's read about that. Matthew chapter 20, beginning with verse 29. And Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho. A large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy upon us. And Jesus stopped. Now, now let's not run by those two words too quickly. And Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Lord, I want to see. And Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and followed him. Now, Jesus is leaving Jericho after this encounter with his disciples, telling them what is ahead in Jerusalem. And he leaves Jericho to make that short walk on the road to the cross. And as he leaves Jericho, he encounters blindness. And it is not just the blindness of these two men, but it is also the spiritual blindness of the crowd who are walking with him. These two guys could not, were unable to see with their eyes, but the crowd, though physically able to see, were spiritually blinded to the identity of the one standing before them. Are you able to see Jesus? Can you see his hand at work in your life and around you? You may not be physically blind, but there might be a spiritual myopia which is causing you to miss who Christ really is and what he's doing in your life and in your life around you. If you are unable to see Jesus, have trouble recognizing the power and the presence of Christ, then I would say to you today, to cry out, Lord, I want to see. And when you do, our Lord will do for you what he did to these two blind men. I want you to notice some things. We see Jesus showering these men with mercy. After a lifetime of seeking help for their blindness, but, but without any results, they knew their only hope was for Jesus to have mercy upon them. So they come and so they cry out, Lord, 
Have mercy on us, son of David. It is, it is a powerful statement they make. It is not a, only a request, but it is also a statement that they saw Jesus for who he really was. That term son of David was used for the one who is the Messiah. And in essence, these guys are saying, we know you are the Messiah. We, we know who you are. And we know what you can do. And Father, we know you can help us have mercy upon us. But the crowd told them to be quiet. Perhaps they were embarrassed that this interruption from this VIP who had come into their town was taking attention away from him for whatever reason. The crowd tells him to be quiet, but they shout louder. They are not about to let anybody or anything to stop them from getting closer to Jesus. They were not going to allow anyone or anything to stop them from being close to Jesus. And neither should we. See, if you really want Christ to change your life, if you really want Christ to do something powerful in you, then you do not let anyone or anything keep you from calling out to Christ. Not your circumstances. <laughs> don't, don't allow yourself to go to the place where you say, well, my circumstances are beyond help. There's nothing I can do. Cry out to Jesus. Do not even let others keep you from crying out to the Lord. Do not let your failures keep you from calling out to the Lord. You've heard the old story about the lady who went to a photographer to have pictures made. And when she finally looked at the picture, she was aghast. They were terrible. She, she said to the photographer, said, these pictures do not do me justice. And the photographer said, lady, you don't need justice. You need mercy. You know? We all need mercy. We all need mercy. Have you cried out to Jesus for the mercy you need? Jesus is your only hope. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. Now, there's a description of these two guys on the side of the road, blind. They approached the throne of grace with boldness. They cried out even when others told them to be quiet. And so the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Do you need mercy? Approach the throne of God's grace with boldness. Cry out and ask for mercy, for Jesus has mercy for you. But not only did Jesus shower them with mercy, he set aside time 
for them. We have the account of the scriptures of the birth of Jesus and of his life and of his death and his burial and his resurrection. We have all of this in account. We're able to see it as a whole. We understand what Jesus was going through on this road to the cross. And knowing that this encounter takes place on the eve of Palm Sunday, Jesus knowing what he was about to experience, he told his disciples about it that he would have so much on his mind that he would be so focused to get to Jerusalem and to get through this next week that to see these men and to hear them cry out to him, we, we would almost expect Jesus to say, don't bother me right now. I have Messiah stuff to do. I, I've got a full week ahead. I, I, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm on my way to Jerusalem don't bother me. Have you ever had someone act like they do not have time for you? you, know, you know, you're, you're in the midst of this conversation. And in the midst of the conversation, they are looking at their watch or they're pulling out their cell phone. Uh, or, or maybe they're looking beyond you to someone else, someone to whom they would rather talk than you. And you wonder... They just don't want to give me any time. How often have you been to, uh, to a department store? And you walk in and the salesperson doesn't even acknowledge you're there. Uh, for five and a half years, I worked at Diller's Department Store. My employee number was 258. Worked at store 705. See, I remember all this stuff. And I remember one day our manager, Mr. Arliss Watt, came down to the section where I was working in linens. Departments 761, 763, 765, 767. I remember all this stuff. And apparently somebody, a customer, had complained to him. And the customer had complained that they walked into our department, but no one waited on them. They were on their cell phone. And Mr. Watt came and he took my cell phone. It wasn't me, I don't think. Shouldn't have been. Took my cell phone and she, he said, I want to show you something. And he turned his back to the department and he leaned over the desk and did this said, how many of you would want to look at that when you come into the department? He said, no matter what you're doing, give your time to the customer. Get off your cell phone. Have you ever experienced that? You see, Jesus had so much to do, so much on his mind he was walking the road to the cross. He was thinking about his betrayal, his arrest, and his crucifixion. But then above the clamor of the crowd, he heard these voices cry out to him. And Matthew says, Jesus stopped. 
He stopped everything he was doing and focused on these two men. He gave to them his time in the most difficult part and time of his life. And I want you to understand that even today, our Lord Jesus has time for you as well. He hears your cry for mercy. And he is there for you. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, that, that seems interesting. You know, Jesus often asks questions like this. You, you remember in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve had sinned, and uh, God comes walking through, through the garden in the coolness of the day, and he says, Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was, but he wanted Adam to admit he had walked away from God. He knew these guys were blind. He, 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 he knew it before he even encountered them. But I believe the reason Jesus asked this question is because he wanted to move these guys from the general, have mercy upon us, to the specific of what they wanted. Oftentimes in our praying, we generalize, God, have, have mercy on, uh, on me. Have mercy on my family. God, help me. God, God, show me. And, and, and he wants us to move from that generalization down to, to the specific. He wanted these guys to tell them, tell him what he, they wanted from him. Because when he healed them, then they could say, look what Jesus did. He answered my prayer. He wanted to heal them, but he first wanted them to ask for the healing. See, the Bible gives us some instructions in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, Do not worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Didn't say just pray to God, but present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You've been praying generally. What specifically are you asking, need to ask God about? What do you need to bring to Jesus? Perhaps there's a sin you've been battling. You just can't get past it. Bring it to Jesus. Perhaps you're living in fear or doubt. Bring it to Jesus. Perhaps you're filled with anger or hate. Bring it to Jesus. Perhaps you're struggling with, uh, struggling with apathy or laziness. Bring it to Jesus. Perhaps you are, are still lost in your sins and have never been made new. Bring it to Jesus. Let me tell you, he has mercy for you and he has time for whatever you're facing. See, he showered mercy upon them. He gave them his time. But then notice his goal. His goal was transformation. Because these men cried out for Jesus for mercy and Jesus gave mercy to them, their lives were transformed both physically and spiritually. Lord, open our eyes. And moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. And we're told two things. Number one, immediately they could see. 
Their whole life was transformed physically. What they had never been able to see before now was present before them. They were transformed physically. But then, secondly, we're told they followed Jesus. Their lives were transformed spiritually. Now, Mark and Luke both give this same account. Mark in Mark chapter 10 tells us the name of one of these blind men. His name is Bartimaeus. And Mark in his account says, when his eyes were open, he took off his cloak and he threw it aside and he immediately went to follow Jesus. Everything that he knew about life, everything he depended upon, he got rid of. And his life was so changed spiritually that he quit relying upon himself and he offered himself to the one who gave them hope and cleansing. See, when you've been changed by Jesus, the transformation is life-changing. The whole trajectory of your life has been altered. All of a sudden, you have a new purpose. You have new goals in life. You have a new attitude. You have new desires in life. Everything changes, and it ultimately leads to a devotion to follow Christ. You see, Jesus is a life changer, not only for here and now, but for all eternity. I read of a recent convert who was asked to share her testimony in church about the difference Jesus had made in her life. Well, she, she did not want to do it. She, she was nervous, but she said, you know, I, I need to let people know. So she stood up in the pulpit and almost stammering, she, she said, I'm so glad I got saved. Jesus really turned my heart around. He said, let me give you an example. She said, I have an uncle I used to hate so much, I vowed I'd never go to his funeral. But then I met Jesus, and now I just can't wait to go to his funeral. See, people who have encountered Jesus, are seldom the same afterwards. When you call out to Jesus for mercy and ask him to change you, he will transform you into a new person. And if you have been changed by Jesus, I will say to you, follow him faithfully. Ask him to increase your faith. Ask him to help you with a spiritual struggle. Ask him to show you how to get into his word and to learn of him. Ask him to, to give you the opportunities that when you pray that you will listen to him as he speaks to you. Ask him to give you peace. Ask him to allow you to be his hands and feet in your own family and in your own community. Ask him to give you wisdom in leading your family, hope when you feel hopeless, to forgive you of your sins, to follow him more faithfully. See, truth is, you can experience the transformation of Christ today, right now. How do I know that? Because I know he has mercy for you. He has time for you. He has transformation for you. Jesus can change your life forever if you'll call out to him. William Barclay once said, There are three things which cannot come back. The spent arrow, the spoken word, and a lost opportunity. 
I gather from what Matthew tells us that these guys did not have a clue where Jesus was headed. They did not know he was going to, to give his life as a ransom for many upon the cross of Calvary. They did not have a clue that on that next day, on that Sunday, that other crowds would greet him and welcome him as Messiah, as king, only to, at the end of the week, to cry out, crucify him. They, they did not have a clue what he was going to face. But this one thing they did know. This might be their only opportunity to cry out to Jesus. Friends, if anything I've learned in my short life is that I best not miss the opportunity God gives to me to call upon his name. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed for me. Or for you. We might not ever pass this way again in the fellowship of a church. We don't know what tomorrow holds. And so I say to you, don't let this opportunity pass. You've not been made new. And you're ready for God to do something in your life to change you, to give you hope, to give you power, to give you freedom from sin. Then today, call upon his name. Lord God, have mercy upon me. I call upon you as I give my life to you. Christian, don't let this opportunity pass for you to follow him more deeply. And say, Lord God, cleanse me, purify me, and show me how I can be your hands and your feet. God, Lord, I want to see. I want to see you for who you really are. I want to see you at work in my life and at work in my church and work in my nation. God, open my eyes. Let me see. God, speak that we may hear. Father, on this Sunday morning, you have attended every Sunday morning worship service in our community. You've attended every Sunday morning worship service in our state, in our nation. Thousands upon thousands of gatherings have taken place in buildings and street corners. Father, you've attended every single one of them. But Father, you have not been so busy that you passed us by. You are here. You are present. And Father, many of us are crying out to you, have mercy upon us. Father, our struggles are real. Our physical needs are real. The need of our land for rain is real. God, have mercy upon us. Father, bring moisture. 
bring moisture to this land. Father, our spiritual struggles are real. Can I trust you? Can I follow you? Lord, you hear us crying out for mercy. And Lord, you have not passed us by. Father, you're giving us the time because you want to transform us. Father, for the many in this room today who are seeking after you and quietly in their heart they're crying out, God, save me, forgive me. Father, transform them now and give them that peace and the assurance of forgiveness of sin and life eternal. Father, many of us in this room are crying out silently in our own hearts. Lord God, forgive me for the way I've neglected you. I've neglected your word. I've neglected the, the gathering of your saints. I've neglected serving you. I've neglected being the witness I need to be. God, have mercy upon me. Father, transform us to be bold and to be resolute to follow you. Father, speak to us in this moment. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me for, for just a moment?